Hello and welcome to another episode of Smug Buds, the podcast where we explain everything to the geese. My name is Will, and I'm joined as always by my friend and co-host, Elizabeth Deanna Morris Lakes. Hi, Liz. Hi, Will. How are you? I've I've been sick for like a week, man. Yeah, me too, kind of. Today's the first day that I feel um as our uh our um uh old peer from Susquehanna, Audrey described on Twitter as vaguely human. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's an improvement, I guess. Yeah, it's I like literally um Wednesday I had off and I slept for th- three hours in the morning and then I took like another hour nap in the afternoon Thursday I went to work and uh, at my lunch break went into a dead sleep for an hour <laughs> at my desk Yikes! and then um, I took off Friday and again slept for I didn't sleep as much but I slept like most of the day on and off yeah I should count myself lucky because <clears throat> I have not been going to work uh, happy new year by the way uh, as 2019 baby yep This is the first episode that we are recording in 2019. It is the first week of the year. And while other people were going back to work right after New Year's, I was still uh, at home in New York City with my parents and my girlfriend. And we just traveled back home to Tucson yesterday. So uh, it is the weekend now and I've been on vacation for a couple of weeks and I am still in vacation mode. But uh, as I said, I've been uh, sort of under the weather, I think, between flying to New York and also being around a Mm. bunch of my cousin's uh, children for the holidays. Uh, I was bound to pick something up. So we will do each other a courtesy as we are uh, recording this. We can see each other because we're Skyping. And if I see you coughing or blowing your nose, I'll be sure that I keep talking. And you can do the same for me. And hopefully we don't have to have a hacking fit at the same time. Or else I may have to edit it out later. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, this bodes uh, uh, really well. Hell of a way to ring in the new year. Yes, a hell of a way. Hmm. So, uh, should we get into it? Or do you have anything else uh, to update us on? Um, I think that the one thing is that we did go the entire um, Mondegreen Eggcorn mm. episode without talking about um, the Mandela uh, effect, called? right? The Mandela effect. Yeah. So the last um, episode was uh, about all the misheard lyrics and misunderstood words. And when you told me that that was your topic, I thought, oh, for sure, this is an opportunity for us to talk about the Mandela effect. And then we had just such a good organic conversation and uh, it never came up. Even once. So, yeah, I don't think we need to talk about it too much, um, but it's it's related in the sense that um, I think people really believe what they want to believe in mm-hmm. terms of language. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there is like a multiverse somewhere. Right. But, um, well, I mean, I don't think that there is in a way that we're switching in between them. But, um, 
But yeah, I know that I definitely had that experience with um, sex and the city which is sex and the city and i definitely thought it was in the city yeah i heard one of my parents say the exact same thing when i was just home for christmas and new year's and we played trivial pursuit and uh one of the questions was what's the name of the fake newspaper that carrie writes for on sex and the city Uh and uh, i believe it was my mom who thought it was sex in the city oh did she think it was like a typo no, she she didn't insist that she was right or anything like that. She just remarked that uh, she thought it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Mandela effect, for those who don't know, being uh, a, a, an internet popular nickname for the phenomenon of uh, you think that you remember something uh, and it's one way in your memory, but then all the evidence... Uh, shows that it's actually another way and has been all along even in the time period when you were remembering this probably from your childhood and probably the most famous example is the is the Berenstein Bears uh, which is doubly confusing for me because according to the internet what's so strange is that the last syllable in that name is stain with an A and not Steen with an E. Mm -hmm. But it's confusing for me because what I also thought was that it's burn. The first syllable is burn, but it's Baron. (laughs) It's, it's, I thought it was B-E-R. So you thought it was, you thought it was Bernstein. I thought it was Bernstein, but it's Berenstein. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but it's called the oh, well. yeah, and it should be called the the Berenstain uh, effect, uh, but it's not. It's called the Mandela effect because uh, much more morbidly, uh, I guess a lot of people remember Nelson Mandela dying uh, while yeah. he was in prison, and they claim that they remember seeing his funeral on TV, uh-huh. but that didn't happen. He lived through his imprisonment and died much later. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I, I also want to say that uh, the other thing with Mandela effect is that like a lot of people, I think, have to remember it that way. Like it can't mm-hmm. just be you. Right. It has to be sort of like a mass phenomenon. Yeah. And the Internet makes that possible. Right. Where where yeah. so many people can get together and say what they think they remember. And if enough people respond and say, that's exactly how I remember, too. I remember uh, Maleficent saying uh, mirror, mirror on the wall. Or yeah. I remember uh, the Monopoly man having a monocle. Uh, then, uh, yeah, it's a Mandela effect. And uh, you might think that uh, the universe that you're in now is not the same one that you grew up in. Because, uh, well, you might think that if you trust your memory so much that you think it's, well, it's, it's not, well, or, or, or what's odd about it is that so many people have the same false memory. So, so uh, you and all those other people were living in this one universe and then, you know, somebody rewrote the lines of code in the matrix or something like that. And now we're living in an alternate reality where, uh, you know, uh, Darth Vader uh, never says, Luke, I am your father. Yeah. 
I do have one of these that is not a mass one, which is that when Sally Ride died, I was like, Sally Ride is dead (laughs) now? I thought she was dead all along. Mm -hmm. I thought Sally Ride was the woman who was the school teacher who died in the Challenger explosion. Oh, okay. I thought that you were going to say that you thought that Sally Ride was some kind of outer space Amelia Earhart. No, I wish. Hmm. So, uh, do you want to get into this this good yeah. old pod there, William? Yeah. So that's that's uh, a few minutes on the Mandela effect, and now it's my turn to take control of the podcast and talk about a topic that I've chosen, which is also related to the multiverses. Yeah. And Liz, why don't you tell the Goslings, please? What is that topic? Well, our little Goslings, today we are going to be talking about. The television show, Rick and Morty. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but here's the thing, Will. It's okay, because we're not assholes. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So let's let's get into that. (laughs) I want (laughs) to talk about that. Um, I have my point of view and my my uh, experience with why you would say that. But but from your perspective, why why (laughs) why would you say that? And why? Why would I be apologizing and feeling what I feel, which is I'm not proud to be talking about this. So I I came to Rick and Morty uh, from my friend Katie um, and my brother being like, you need to watch Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. And um, my brother is smart. He's smarter than I am as far as I'm concerned. And whenever he uh, tells me to watch something, it's usually not boring. And mm-hmm. so we watched, I think there were a couple of episodes for free on like Comedy Central or whatever Cartoon Network, whatever ch- channel it was on, dot com. And so we watched... Adult Swim. Um, what? Yes. So we watched um, a couple of episodes on that, and then later it was out on Hulu, we watched it there. And the show itself is just like... It's animated. Yep. It's really dark. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a It's comedic, but it's also like... It's also kind of gross, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yes. Like... Uh, uh, Rick always has like a little bit of like vomit on his face. Yes, which or is drool. like really off-putting. I think it's colored in a way that it reads as drool to me. But sure, vomit—that's <laughs> valid. Yeah, and so um, when I, yeah, so I just think that like it's one of those shows that like you and I look at it and we're like, um. I think we see it very intellectually, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Like, we see, like, wow, there's, like, a lot of stuff going on here, and he's subverting a lot of things, and he's taking, you know, he's finding humor in these, like, really sort of larger, pretty, like, heavy topics, Mm -hmm. Um, and also exploring, like, absurd, like, the absurd, I would say. Uh Um, But then there's just, like, like a bunch of shitty dudes who mm. also latch onto it and are like, I'm going to use this to be shitty. Ah. Right. Okay. Um, and then there was something with McDonald's that yes. I don't totally remember. <laughs> and I want to get into that as well, because I do remember that better than you do. Um, so for a, uh, another, for an outside perspective on what we're talking about, I want to go to a, a couple of tweets that I've bookmarked. And the reason that I've bookmarked these is because they are examples of, uh, comments that I see pretty often. Um, I okay. am uh, I'm extremely online, 
specifically on Twitter. I'm, I, I may not tweet as much as I uh, would like, but I am always looking. And I, I feel that I've uh, really curated my Twitter timeline so that I am following a lot of people who are uh, very progressive, who whose tweets have uh, over the past few years just been pushing me farther and farther left, which is uh, something that I seek out and, and I'm happy with and I desire. And and uh, so the people that I am following are not necessarily vocal uh, Rick and Morty fans. Uh, they might be more likely to uh, vocally clown on uh, Rick and Morty and the Rick and Morty's <laughs> fan base. So uh, the tweets that I bookmarked are not necessarily by people I follow, but somehow I saw them Probably they were retweeted or liked by someone I follow. So this one mm. uh, from uh, May 2018 uh, is uh, tweeted by uh, at die set down. This tweet has n- currently looking at it today, 9,000 retweets Ooh. and uh, over 35,000 likes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it reads the four horsemen of characters who men model their entire worldview around. (laughs) And then there are four pictures. The first is Deadpool. The second Uh is Eric Cartman. Uh The third is Rorschach from Watchmen. (laughs) And the fourth is Rick Sanchez, the titular Rick from Rick and Morty. So I see something like that and I go, ooh, this this doesn't look good for me (laughs) if (laughs) if I align myself with this television program. Uh, the second tweet is uh, by at GW number one Valentine. I didn't say that very well. This is from <laughs> April 2018. This tweet uh, is uh, it's a screenshot from Tumblr, but the person who tweeted it wrote in all caps, hot damn, someone finally nutshelled it. <laughs> and this has uh, 31,000 retweets and uh, 180, uh, 108,000 likes. So a lot of people look at this and they go, yeah. Yeah. So the screenshot from Tumblr has one person with uh, the username El Faba for president of Gallifrey. I don't know what that's referenced to. Sorry. That's absolutely, um, at least in part, referencing Doctor Who. Okay, yeah, well, I could have guessed it's from Tumblr, so. Yeah. Um, They wrote, Breaking Bad, Fight Club, Rick and Morty, Clockwork Orange, and The Catcher in the Rye are all arguably good things, but if a man says they are his favorite book, movie, TV show, run! Yes, I think I have seen that myself. And then someone named Arthacat said, can someone explain this to me? (laughs) And then someone called the Scotch in the North said, they're all works that are examinations of compelling but deeply flawed, usually narcissistic and violent men. People rightly like all these works because they are good. But the implication of the original post is that if a guy says they are his favorite work, he is probably misunderstanding the point of the work and instead (laughs) idolizing the male protagonist and is unable to recognize their flaws. So thank you, Tumblr and Twitter, for nutshelling that for us. Rick and Morty is a television show that premiered on Adult Swim in 2013 
and mm-hmm. it is a half hour long cartoon and it has a reputation for having a, a, a fan base that is uh, uh, built on uh, toxic masculinity. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that whether that fan base is truly the majority of the people who like the show or just there's the enough of people. them and they are the loudest. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who knows? It's, you would have to do uh, some kind of a scientific survey. And as far as I know, <laughs> so, no one has, has done that because why would no, they? Yeah, no, one, no one's pouring those, those money those monies into that, right. <laughs> those college monies. As far as I know, I haven't done all the research, but... Uh, suffice to say, there are enough people out there uh, who have given the show a, a, a bad reputation or at least given the fan base a bad reputation and then by association given the show a bad reputation in some people's minds and some people associate it with uh, uh, toxic masculinity and, and, and somewhat rightfully so. Um, but also uh, I have to tell you that uh, – I think that it is a really good show, and uh, even if it's not that good, I still really enjoy it. Uh-huh. I've enjoyed it since it premiered. Uh, when it premiered in 2013, I was in grad school. Uh, I was in Ohio. My girlfriend was in grad school. She was in Arizona. We were in a long-distance relationship for a couple of years, and I consumed all the good media that could make me happy that I could get and formed special relationships with them uh, in my mind. Rick and Morty is one of those shows and Breaking Bad also mentioned in that Tumblr post is one of those shows uh, (laughs) making me very self-conscious, making me question uh, my tastes and why I'm drawn to these things. But uh, let's let's ask you uh, to establish more of a, a baseline. How much of this show have you seen Liz? So I looked this up mm-hmm. and I have seen the first season and the second season. Very I don't know good. why I, I don't know why you said <laughs> it was, like that. That was, was very like, well said. I could have just said the first two seasons. That was that was stated like you were on the witness stand. And <laughs> and I can understand how this might feel like an interrogation when I'm on the other <laughs> end of it. Um, so, but I've uh, only I've seen them once. Mm-hmm. I think I, yeah. I don't really I haven't really rewatched the right. episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I I I will say I watched them. I mean, you know, again, I watched them as soon as I had um, access to them, basically, because right. I watched some of them with my brother. Mm-hmm. And then when they came, the first season was out on Hulu. Kenny and I watched the first season, and then when the second season was out on Hulu, we watched the second season. And if the third season's out on Hulu, who knows? But we haven't watched that one yet. <laughs> and I'm assuming that you're like me and you don't have cable or satellite or... No. Yeah. You're I'm a no... millennial, Will. Right. <laughs> we're millennials. We're cord cutters. We have no source for uh, actual you know, television as it's airing. Which also, two small side notes about this. Please. When, whenever I've moved to a new apartment, I've always looked to see if there's like a deal going on. Yeah. And at w- one of the deals when I moved into this apartment was that I could get 10 channels of basic cable with mm-hmm. my internet for an additional $10 a month for one year. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was a two-year contract, and then the second year, I would get the same 10 channels for $75 <laughs> a month. Oh, fuck you. Cool. <laughs> um, and occasionally, Kenny and I 
will purchase a month of a PlayStation View. Yes. Um, because, well, that was originally like 30 bucks a month, and it's gone up to like $60 a month, which also okay. makes me want to scream. Yeah. But um, we will do this for um, occasions such as the Olympics, mm-hmm. presidential debates, yeah. and the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And also when I was on maternity leave, because I watched like an insane mm. amount of television when I was on maternity leave. Because you can't really move. So right. it's like nice to have television instead of Netflix because it just keeps playing. Mm-hmm. You just keeps playing and you sit there with this small baby and you yes. just pray that Guy Fieri isn't on Food Network, which was Fridays. Fridays was when Guy Fieri was on Food Network. Fieri I will Fridays. not forget. <laughs> yeah, live TV never asks you if you're still watching, and then you have yes. to tell it whether you are or not. And you have to move without waking mm-hmm. your child. Right, exactly. I, I have not done exactly what you just described doing, uh, but I've done a similar thing exactly once, which was last year uh, for the Oscars. I might have already talked about this in our Oscars episode that we didn't record yet. <laughs> in the future, I might have already said this, but uh, uh, we we uh, used a free trial of Hulu Live, which mm-hmm. was in beta at the time, in order to watch the Oscars live as they happened. So anyway, this is all to say, yes, we're watching shows the same way. We're watching them streaming on websites with apps. Uh, and uh, I've seen Rick and Morty in much the same way, even though I want to see the show immediately when new episodes exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will go to Adult Swim online the next day and watch it that way and yeah. put up with commercials and usually like a bad streaming service that doesn't work half the time. And oh, this reminds me that one time... Uh, so so they they were doing this thing when the third season when the most recent season aired where I think that you could watch it online at the same time or and maybe even simultaneously when it was airing and I went uh-huh. to do this and I did and streamed <laughs> it and what I saw instead of the new episode was a bunch of young people I didn't recognize uh, reenacting the new episode. Oh my god! So that's just that just gives you an idea of the quality of something that you might see if you go to the Adult Swim website. Yeah, you just never know what you're going to find because they, you know, pride themselves on being weird. Yes, true. So. You said you've seen the first two seasons. I yes. said that this show premiered in 2013. As we're recording this and releasing it, the year is 2019. So yes. how many seasons of this show should there be? 28. There, No, there is only three. <laughs> right. There should be probably five uh, seasons of Rick and Morty by now if uh, you hold to the common assumption that there's a new season of a television show every year. But... Uh, things don't work like that on some cable networks, uh, including uh, Mo- Adult Swim, probably most of all. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's uh, between seasons, uh, a year and a half to two years, maybe. And so there have been three so far and uh, 10 or 11 episodes in each season. 
And uh, when I uh, first saw it, it was uh, a, a joy to me, but it was one that I totally saw coming because I knew what the show was before it ever premiered because I knew who was behind it. Do, mm-hmm. do you know anything about who created Rick and Morty? Dan Harmon is his name. Mm-hmm. He um, also did Community. Yep. Which I watched uh, yeah. also when I was on maternity leave. Oh, cool. Um, I don't think I finished it, but I got mm-hmm. very close. There's like a lot of community. Yeah. Um, Six seasons and one day maybe a movie. Yeah. Is the joke. Or no, the <laughs> joke was seven seasons in the movie. Right? No, it actually was six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I, I watched that. And that show too also has very bizarre things that happen and this so when i watched when i understood that they were connected i was like oh okay what yes. else has he done he has a podcast yes about playing D. this is partially true i'm i'm really pulling at the bottom of my barrel here will <laughs> i appreciate that i appreciate you doing that for me um so rick and morty as you said correctly was created by dan Harmon. it was also created by a guy named justin roiland Okay. I didn't really know who that was, but prior to Rick and Morty existing, I was a fan of Community, mm-hmm. and I was such a big fan of Community that I was also a fan of the creator of the show, Dan Harmon. I first heard Dan Harmon speak, I believe, when he was the guest on an episode of another podcast called WTF with Mark Marin, mm-hmm. which is a show that I very occasionally listened to when I was interested in hearing the guest. And uh, and uh, to hear Dan uh, interviewed by Mark Marin was uh, I, I was pretty captivated. I was really interesting. I was like, oh, wow, this guy sounds really smart. And to give you mm-hmm. an example of why I felt that way, this was I it, this interview, I think, took place sort of in the early, not very early, but early to mid days of community. And so um Maybe the second season was over or or maybe it was in the middle of that. But he was reflecting on seasons one and two and talking about, a little bit about the differences in his approach between them. So Community is a show about people at a community college. Dan Harmon explains in this interview, if you watch the first season, and this was on NBC. This was a network sitcom. Right. This had, you know, network sitcom uh, numbers. Therefore, it's not like Rick and Morty on Adult Swim where each, you know, you get 10 episodes every two years. Season one of Community is like over 20 half hours of television. Mm -hmm. Dan explained, if you watch season one of Community, they never leave the campus. Mm -hmm. Everything that happens is on the campus of Greendale Community College. Season two begins from the first shot it starts with all of the main characters in their bedrooms right and it's this really cool sort of crane shot where you go from one room to the next without cutting yeah and he was explaining how he sort of gave himself the handicap of in the first season, everything has to happen on campus and we don't go anywhere else. And yeah. that's kind of claustrophobic, but it's like 
grounding the show in this specific location so it's in the specific world with these specific rules and then when you open season two in their bedrooms off campus you immediately get launched into oh the world is bigger now and so the scope of the show seems bigger and so it immediately seems like there is growth between the two seasons like the show is like going somewhere Uh, and when, when he talked and, 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 you know, he'd written stuff before, but community was his first television show. Mm -hmm. And so to hear him talk about how like he had like planned like a year in advance and given himself that restriction for what, for the whole first season, like counting on like, Oh, here's how it'll be different later. It just, it's, it seemed like, uh, just a like a big picture level of thinking that I wouldn't expect from someone, you know, somebody with their first TV show, they would probably just like, you would think that they would probably just throw everything that they have at the wall, right? And not hold anything yeah. back. But he like deliberately held himself back so that he mm-hmm. can make this move later down the road. And that stuck with me. I thought it was really interesting. So um, Dan created Community. I really liked Community when it was on. And uh, he also... Uh, had a has a podcast called Harmontown. So um, that's what I was thinking of. Right, exactly. So uh, Dan created Community and he ran it for three years. Mm-hmm. After the third season, he was fired. Mm-hmm. It was at about this time that I started listening to Harmontown. And I he really like put his energy into that podcast. By listening to the podcast, I could hear him talk very candidly about what he was doing now that he wasn't working on community. And he was talking about meetings that he was having with other networks and pilots that he was writing. And he was talking about being on deadlines that he was not meeting. But oh, like, great. <laughs> yeah. But like the one sure thing, like the thing that he talked about, like it was, you know, gonna happen was uh he and justin roiland were making a show for adult swim and it was called rick and morty and it was i remember dan saying at the time uh, about a scientist with a diarrhea ray (laughs) that that was i remember him describing the show that way yeah um and and it seemed like it was going to be like oh it's like dan like off the leash like he's not on network tv anymore he's on adult swim where anything goes and all the weirdness you know the the breaking the fourth wall the 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 things that couldn't possibly happen in the real world that made community so special but also polarizing and it you know, didn't have a big viewership. It was a cult favorite sort of show. Mm -hmm. All of that would be like channeled into this new cartoon. uh, And, 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 you know, that was exciting. Uh, And then uh, community season four happened and uh, community may not have had a huge fan base, but it had a real one and a, and a, a a devoted one and a vocal one. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, they wanted, uh, the creator back and and so did at least uh one person in the cast um probably more anyway they fought for him and they brought him back so season who wanted him back uh i think the story is that joel McHale, who was really the star of the show 
yeah. like wanted him back and maybe threatened to walk or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I think he was instrumental in getting Dan back. Um, I think Chevy Chase definitely didn't want him back. And when Dan came back for season five and then season six, Chevy Chase did not uh, work with him because he left. Mm-hmm. He worked with him a little bit, actually. He's in the first episode of season five. It was like a hologram, right? That's exactly right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the sort of thing that was possible on, on Community, even though it was an NBC sitcom. Um, and now it's 2019, and we've had the good place for a couple of years, and I feel like the standards for, <laughs> for what it means to ha- be an NBC sitcom have been pushed a, a certain way, but uh, you know, in, in very uh, weird high-concept directions that, uh, that I really enjoy. So Yeah. So the other guy who's part of this equation uh, is this Justin Roiland. And I want to say I want to actually go even farther back, farther back than community to uh, a time when I enjoyed the works of these two men, Uh uh, but I did not know it. And and I would not know it until years later when I made the connection. Oh, wait a second. The guy who made community made this really stupid video for the internet that me and my cousin loved and quoted all the time when we were teenagers. And so it turns out that um, back before he worked uh, in television, Dan co-created this thing called Channel 101, Uh which is... uh, a website and sort of like a regular short film festival where users would submit content kind of like pilots that they made themselves. And then they would be screened and audiences would vote on whether they wanted to see more or not. And so that was the equivalent of it sort of like being picked up to series. Yeah. And so it was like, Dan and a bunch of his friends making five minute videos and other people, you know, flocking to it because it was, you know, an outlet for it. And this was in the early 2000s. So how this got in front of me is anybody's guess. It's just Uh the miracle of the Internet, because I don't think that YouTube existed. Yeah, it it definitely didn't exist in the form that it does now, where it like you know, it, it is a business model to be a content creator and to make stuff just for YouTube before it made any sense to make things specifically for the internet. <laughs> Dan Harmon created this series of, uh, videos like five minute episodes. Uh, and the series was called laser fart. Yeah, no, I don't know that one. And I really thought this whole time that you were going to be like, and he created blank. And I'd be like, I know that. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know that. Um, Laser Fart was a story about a man who eats a bean burrito from a malfunctioning microwave <laughs> and gets the power to fart lasers. And then with that power, he has the responsibility of using it for good thrust upon him and becomes Mm -hmm. a superhero. Mm -hmm. Um, Also for Channel 101, Justin Roiland, who was a cartoonist as well as a writer, Mm -hmm. he was making videos and he made a series 
which I also enjoyed on the internet when I was a teen. And it was called House of Cosby's. That one oh, I know. Okay, yeah, you made a big, a big surprise face when I said that. That one I know. Mm-hmm. God, that didn't age well. Yeah, right. Not, so, not his fault. Not his fault. No, not at all. So, <laughs> so can you now that I've told you that? Can you see? Oh, everything makes so much more sense. Can you see the the red thread that connects yeah. House of Cosby's? Can I explain what House of Cosby's is? Please do. If I remember incorrectly, I, I will. So, what I, I remember from House of Cosby's was that a dude gets some sort of genetic material from Bill mm-hmm. Cosby and yes. has a cloning machine. Mm-hmm. And so he clones a bunch of Bill Cosby's. But there's yes. like each one is like a little, like each one has its own like sort of uh, characteristic to mm-hmm. it. I can't, I could, could not tell you. There's <laughs> like, they're like different sizes and heights mm-hmm. and... Um, and then they're all interacting, and I believe they actually had to stop making it because I think Cosby, fuck that guy, yeah. sued, um, well, sued yeah. them. It's clo- clo- you're you're very close to my understanding of what happened. Yeah, so uh, House of Cosby's was a, a cartoon, you know, five minute episodes. It was, a, a, I think, there were five episodes before, you know, the, it was tragically cut short, and. Um, yeah. Uh, as, as yeah, as you say, as, as the theme song says about the main character, he was a Cosby fan at heart. It's clear he searched and found a Cosby hair. Right, he spent right, ten right. long years and made a cloning machine, and now he's achieved his beautiful dream yeah. to make a house of Cosbys. It's a house of Cosbys, <laughs> and uh, yes, each time he clones Bill Cosby. Uh, it, it has its own like specific quirk that is its whole personality, like Curiosity yeah. Cosby or Bathtub right. Cosby. Right. Uh, and they keep getting worse until he discovers that every 10th Cosby that comes out of the cloning machine... <laughs> it's like a super Cosby. It's like a super Cosby. <laughs> so, oh, this show would be so much better if that guy wasn't so fucking terrible. Right, so... He he made several of these and, and uh, you know, they were posted online and they were screened at, at shows and, and audiences must have loved it, I guess. Uh, I wasn't there, but um, Bill Cosby's uh, lawyers uh, sent Justin Roiland a, a cease and desist. And rather than risk a lawsuit, uh, he stopped making it. And, and now in hindsight... <laughs> Probably fine. Probably hindsight fine. is 2020 and... Uh, you know, I, I guess it's it's all the more reason to be suspicious of people who are like so protective of their image that they would send a cease and desist to a, a, a cartoon creator uh, just, you know, having fun with their image. It shows yeah. that maybe uh, also, they if have I wasn't clear, every time I've said that guy is fucking terrible and fuck that guy, yeah. I'm referring to Bill Cosby, yes. not to Justin Roiland. Right. I have at this point in the podcast, very little emotions about Justin Roiland. Yes. And that's fair enough. And it, and and I'll just take this moment to acknowledge why would you hate Justin Roiland? Um, I don't know him personally, <clears throat> excuse me, personally, there might be a ton of reasons to hate him personally, um, uh, pro- uh, you know, publicly, uh, professionally, I think that he has said some anti-union stuff that I don't like, so Great. you uh-huh. can hate him for that reason. Well, he probably hasn't raped like 80 women, so. Well, who knows? Uh, I mean, he could have, but. We, we've got nothing to indicate that. 
Yeah. Um, it, uh, speaking of, of, you know, anti-union, uh, Elon Musk is a big fan of Rick and Morty, and he said so publicly, and I think that he has personally met with uh, Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland. Mm. So that's the kind of person that the show attracts. Also, oh. very recently, um, uh, Kanye West, uh, in, in, in the midst of, you know, saying a lot of, you know, meeting Trump in the White House and, and tweeting a bunch of pro-Trump stuff. He's also come out as pro Rick and Morty. I don't know <laughs> oh, if you've God. seen this, but he's tweeted. A, a, he's, oh, Kanye West has tweeted an image of himself and Kim Kardashian, like drawn in the style of Rick and Morty. And they're like oh. coming out of one of Rick's portals. Um, it's a weird time. It's a, it's a weird time to like God. this show. Because it really, man. It, it, the show really blew up in popularity with the third season it was like oh, kind uh-huh. of a sleeper hit for the first couple of years and then boom and it was a lot of it had to do with the mcdonald's thing uh which we'll get to also just talking about why we might hate these people um uh, i i did actually talk to someone once who had a personal connection in a six degrees of separation kind of a way with dan Harmon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, working in an office where I don't work anymore, and I had a mug with uh, th- that was from the NBC store. It was a, uh-huh. a Troy and Abed in the morning mug, uh-huh. which is this is from Community for the Goslings yeah. who don't know. And someone at work said, "What's your mug about?" And I said, "Oh, it's a cute little reference to this show called Community." And someone else in the office said. Well, isn't that that show that that guy Dan Harmon created? I said, yeah, yeah. How do you know that? And she said, and this was an uh, an older woman who was saying this, and and this woman whom I worked with said, her daughter, who work who lives in Los Angeles and works as a TV writer, mm-hmm. her daughter had a friend who is an ex girlfriend of Dan Harmon. Oh. And so my coworker knew from talking to her daughter and maybe her daughter's friend that, according to her, Dan Harmon is an asshole. (laughs) So, so you have it here. (laughs) So, um, I'm not saying that about Dan Harmon, but I am telling a story that indicates to you that whatever he is putting out into the world has such a ripple effect yeah that it it got to me in tucson arizona from this <laughs> older woman i worked with you know what people who know him thought of him so yeah okay where was i i was in about 12 different places <laughs> and i don't know how i'm gonna get back oh okay house of cosby's so yes they got a cease and desist from Bill Cosby's people, so they stopped making the show. Do you know what Justin Roiland started making after that? No. No, I have no idea who Justin Roiland was before today. So apparently, I've read about this on Cracked.com. Justin yeah. Roiland, uh, he didn't want to suffer the wrath of a Bill Cosby lawsuit, so he stopped making House of Cosby's. But he was delighted by the fact that he got a cease and desist for some of his art. Yeah. He probably thought it was pretty rock and roll, which it kind of is. 
Yeah. So he started making a cartoon called, um, I think it was called, The Adventures of Doc and Marty. Oh. About Doc Brown and Marty McFly. Oh, okay. From Back to the Future. Because I remember when my brother showed me Rick and Morty, he was like, yeah, it's like Back to the Future. And I was like, okay. And then I watched (laughs) and I was like, no, it's I mean, not. Kind of <laughs> like that guy's name is is kind of is Morty, right? And and the 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 older dude is kind of wacky. Yeah. <laughs> so we're about forty five minutes into the show, so this might be a good time to talk about what Rick and Morty is about. <laughs> <laughs> Rick and Morty is a cartoon about Rick, who is an old mad scientist genius and And an alcoholic and an alcoholic and uh narcissist and all-around horrible person and his grandson morty who is his very reluctant companion on his wacky sci-fi adventures that get very very dark and often depressing and uh really just traumatize morty as they would traumatize uh, you know, any normal person going along in that way, Morty is so, sort of the audience surrogate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rick and Morty are joined by the rest of the nuclear family. Uh, Rick's daughter, who is also Morty's mother, Beth, is married to Jerry, and they also have a daughter, Summer, who is Morty's older sister. So those are the mm-hmm. five main characters of Rick and Morty. So the 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 science fiction uh universe and and pairing of an eccentric old man with a sort of naive uh younger male that's the you know that's 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 the 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 the, the <laughs> those are the details that tell you that that <laughs> that this was in a weird way sort of based on the the main characters from Back to the Future and their relationship yeah. they are uh-huh. a sort of bastardization of of Doc Brown and Marty McFly. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess uh, when Justin Roiland made these Doc and Marty cartoons, you know he di- he voiced both Doc and Marty. He did this you know alcoholic old man voice for Doc and this little kid voice for Marty, mm-hmm. and uh, he just you know those became you know, tools in his toolbox and, and, and characters that he liked to play and people enjoyed. And so when Dan Harbin had to leave community for a time uh, that mm-hmm. at the time must have seemed indefinite and, uh, you know, they were, uh, you know, opened up the opportunity to have a meeting with Adult Swim and, you know, Dan and Justin are going to collaborate on something and what are they going to do? Well, Justin Roiland has these characters who are based on Doc Brown and Marty McFly. Mm-hmm. They decided, you know, they would make a cartoon for Adult Swim based on those characters. And then that's how Rick and Morty is born. Got it. So I said that we would talk about the McDonald's thing. So let's skip ahead to that. Okay. So uh, you've seen the first two seasons of Rick and Morty. So you know that unlike season one... Mm-hmm. Season one ends with uh, Rick yelling, that's season one, and uh, him and Morty and Summer doing a dance. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, and, and time is temporarily paused. That's right. Exactly. Uh, and then that, that, that is picked up in the premiere of season two. But uh, at the time, there was nothing to indicate that there was going to be that kind of, you know, oh, it's going to pick up right where they left off. There was no cliffhanger. Point is, season two ends in a sort of cliffhanger because mm-hmm. it ends with Rick uh, going to an intergalactic uh, prison for his uh, various crimes. He's basically, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? He's basically... He has, like, an emotional moment there. He, like, kind of turns himself in, right? He does. He turns himself in, and it is emotional, and the audience has to believe from looking at it that he basically turns himself in so that um, his family uh, doesn't have to be on the run with him anymore. They can go back to their normal life. Yeah. And he's wanted because, you know, in it, he doesn't care about, you know, the, the rules of society or, or, or anyone but himself. And so, you know, he commits all sorts of crimes. And also at one time in his past, he fought in some kind of a war against, mm-hmm. you know, the government. He was basically some kind of a rebel or a revolutionary. And so, uh, so, so he turns himself in and they get him and that's how it ends. It ends with him in prison. So, you know, what's going to happen? What's the show going to be like now? So uh, everybody who likes the show and wants more of the show waits a very long time for season three to come out. And uh, it, this was, uh, gosh, 2017, I guess. Sorry if I'm wrong. I'm not looking at it. Uh, I think it was when I looked it up earlier. Yeah. So in, uh, yeah, I just looked at it. 2017, season three wouldn't premiere until the fall but uh, on April 1st right Adult Swim just put the first episode of season 3 online but like on a loop yeah exactly so and uh, that was yeah Adult Swim they're always like coming up with weird gimmicks to do uh, all the time, but uh, but yeah. but especially on April Fool's Day. So yeah, on on this particular April Fool's Day, they just put up the first episode of uh, the the season that everyone was waiting for, even though the season wasn't going to premiere <laughs> for yeah, for, yeah. for several months. So um, so everyone got to see it. Uh, so this is where the McDonald's reference comes in. Uh, and and this created a kind of phenomenon, I think, that would draw uh, like even more anticipation from uh, more people for the mm-hmm. rest of season three and, and get more eyes on it. So so in the episode, basically, uh, Rick is being interrogated by uh, an alien who's played by Nathan Fillion. Uh-huh. Oh, great. And. Uh, they are kind of uh, in a sci-fi way exploring Rick's mind and uh, they want to know something from Rick's past and so Rick says okay I'll take you there like in my memories Uh and so they're going there in a car (laughs) and they stop in a McDonald's drive-thru 
<laughs> and the and Nathan Fillion is like, why are we here? What does this have to do with blah blah blah? And Rick is like, well, it doesn't have to do with blah blah blah, but the memory I'm showing you, it happened in the year, I want to say like 1993 or sometime <laughs> in the 90s. It, ha- yeah. it happened the year that Mulan was in theaters. <laughs> and, and as a tie-in with Mulan, M- McDonald's had this special McNugget dipping sauce <laughs> called Szechuan sauce. And I love that sauce so much and they discontinued it and I want to experience it again. And so he orders it. And then uh, as if that joke wasn't enough, they call it back. At the end of the episode, Rick is yelling at Morty and he's yelling about how, you know, he didn't turn himself in for the benefit of the family. He only cares about himself and he only cares about getting that Szechuan sauce (laughs) <laughs> that's my series arc he yells that's my series arc morty i want that sauce <laughs> um so you know the, the, the spoiler alert for rick and morty that it turns out that you know when he turned himself in he had a plan not only to escape but to destroy the entire galactic federation from the inside basically uh-huh. uh and he does and he's successful and um, and uh, so uh, that sparked a meme uh, that got people interested in the Szechuan sauce because the Szechuan sauce w- was real. That was a real thing mm-hmm. that McDonald's did as a real uh, tie-in to the movie Mulan. Which which has a, a note here. Mm-hmm. Like, again, this is one of those things that like we talked about earlier about it being objectively good. Like, what detail to like know about this like small thing and then make a joke about it in a television show like that's for this sort of writing for this sort of comedy that's like really good writing Mm -hmm. oh yeah i think it's really funny and i think that uh yeah it's very specific and it's yeah it's just one of those things either you know about it or you don't it's it's a funny thing to reference and so at sort of you know as a joke like playing into that funny joke from the show everybody on the internet wants to try the sauce they want to have the mm-hmm. sauce i want that cheswan sauce and you know people you know they you know dig up old packets of it and you know they, they might sell them on ebay or something like that blah 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 so at a certain point uh a significant time later uh-huh. Uh, McDonald's announces, like, for one day, we have the sauce and you can get the sauce from us. Uh-huh. You can order uh-huh. the sauce with your McNuggets or whatever. So uh, they announce it and uh, it's a shit show. Right. And That's what I remember is the shit show. Right. It's just a huge shit show because they totally underestimate the reach of the show. Uh-huh. And... Uh, how rabid the fan base will be about getting the special sauce. And so, you know, no McDonald's has enough sauce. <laughs> and they run out of the sauce and everybody wants the sauce. And, and it's a shit show. And it's and it's anger on both sides. Uh-huh. And uh, those poor McDonald's workers who like... Right, exactly. 
don't know what's happening. And yes, and and some people who I won't name by name right now, but hey, I've named them already, so it should be obvious who I'm talking about. Some people <laughs> who are involved in the making of this television show that I like didn't come off so well publicly uh, uh, in the aftermath of this. Um, yes, you and I uh, sympathize with the plight of the McDonald's worker, um, which is the reasonable, empathetic thing to do. Uh, and uh, so I think they tried it again later, and I think they had more sauce, and I think people got the sauce that they wanted. But basically, like that did that scored some, you know, that 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 that. that cemented or created some of the bad reputation that I was talking about earlier in, in people's yeah. minds of like, oh, this show, Rick and Morty, it has this terrible fan base who will just like <laughs> just ruin the lives of some poor um, food service workers over over Like literally sauce. poor because you don't make very yeah, much money. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, and also just th- this is uh, uh, neither here nor there, but just one interesting point that I that was raised in the aftermath of that was that um, at no point did McDonald's actually create a sort of brand tie in with Rick oh. and Morty. Because because it was their sauce. Like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't the Rick and Morty sauce. Like Rick and Morty sort of took ownership over McDonald's's old special sauce because they made the joke about it. But it always belonged to McDonald's and so McDonald's could always do whatever they wanted with it. Yeah. So when they said like, Hey, Wubba Lubba Dub Dub, you know, Twitter, that's from the show. <laughs> That's that's oh, okay. that's Rick's quote unquote catchphrase that exists to you know make fun of catchphrase humor, um, you know uh, you know hey you know they, they they like very wink wink like tweeting like never saying Rick and Morty, but making Rick and Morty references yeah. and saying we've got the sauce you want. They they never actually like they're like you know the Rick and Morty people never actually had anything to do with right. McDonald's distributing the sauce. McDonald's actually just sort of rode on the coattails of the joke uh-huh. that they created. So and anyway, then they had their own poor execution, which was right. not, which then was reacted to even more poorly. Yes. There, suffice to say, I guess I think that there is fault on all sides of this story Except for anyone who was actually working inside of a McDonald's location. (laughs) Yes. So uh, we're going to reach the hour mark soon. So uh, I want to try to just sort of mention a few moments from the show that might sort of encapsulate uh, why I do enjoy the show and why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Um, Before I do that, do do you have any impressions of your own of the show that that might synthesize you know what you think about it yeah um i like something i like about the show a lot because i do like the show Mm -hmm. and this is one of those things where you know you can't live in a bubble but i do because i just watch it myself i don't talk to other people about it except for the past hour (laughs) um you're welcome (laughs) is that um it really sort of like takes these situations and um takes them to their fullest extent of the situation. Right. To the point that you think, oh, you can't actually go back from this. And the answer is not that they have some sort of uh, do ex machina that they pull out. It's that they can't go back. Yeah. Um, 
so can can we just talk i i sort of mentioned this to you off air yes can we just talk about my favorite moment which is i think one of your favorites as well i do i i want to let's maybe end with that because you reminded okay. me of something that I, I failed to bring up earlier go first when i was talking about it's laser your, fart. it's your your baby you, you you the way you said that uh you know it, it seems like they can't go back from what they're doing yes it reminded me of the dan Harmon story circle so this is important, and this is important to the way that the, the the creator of this show, you know, thinks about writing for television. You know, the 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 forces of the two creators of the show, Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland, I, I think of them as kind of a yin and yang. Justin uh-huh. Roiland is is you know just chaos. Yeah. And, and Dan Harmon is the sort of force of like reining in that chaos and making it into controlled chaos. Uh-huh. And the reason I say this, uh, by, by the way, Justin Roiland, he, he's the voice of both Rick and Morty. He's he's yes. doing both characters. Um, and uh, you can watch videos of him doing it online. In fact, Adult Swim has posted a couple of videos where um, he, he actually got drunk just for one particular episode where, where Rick has to get beyond drunk. This is a season three episode, so you haven't uh-huh. seen it. But no. um, there's an episode where, where Rick gets blackout drunk. And so Justin Rowland did some method acting. And it's, 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 it's <laughs> a very funny couple of videos. So, so he, he has this kind of, you know, mad energy. Um, and, uh, you know, Dan uh, doesn't project uh, stability, but you know, I think of him as comparatively, the, right? But I, I think that. Yeah, but compa- Dan's the kind of person that sees into season two when season one has right. not even yeah, started exactly. yet. Yes, he's thinking ahead. You, you mentioned that he has a podcast about D and D. More accurate would be to say that he has a podcast about himself, <laughs> in in which he has played D and D sometimes. Okay. Okay. Um, with his his friends, and uh, he also uh, created a, a what I will call a television show, but um, it's was never on television. It was for a streaming service for CISO. Yeah, and and now I think it's Rest on Verve, um, and that was that was on Har- that was called Harmon Quest. That's what I was thinking. Of. Yeah, that was all playing D and D. I think um, I thought that that was just a recorded with pictures version of his podcast. Yes, that's all very close to the truth. The only uh, uh, correction I would make is that D&D is only a part of the podcast. Got it. Whereas uh-huh. it's all of that show, Harmon Quest. Uh-huh. So, so the reason I think that uh, – uh, one reason I think that Dan is the controlled part of the controlled chaos of creating Rick and Morty is because – he has this thing called the story circle. And, and, I, and I said that I wanted to go back to laser fart because, <laughs> and here's another thing that I definitely did not catch when I first watched laser fart when I was maybe 13 or 14. Yeah. And then years later, when I was a fan of community, maybe from listening to the podcast or maybe because there is actually a very short clip from laser fart in an episode of community, but <laughs> somehow I made the connection like, oh, wait, what the you mean the you mean laser fart created community like what okay so if you if you watch the first episode of laser fart and i pray that you never do okay uh it, it, it all the stuff that i'm talking about i don't necessarily recommend it i just like to talk about it <laughs> laser fart ends with 
in the credits a screen that says based on the hero with a thousand faces by joseph campbell uh-huh. which is funny and pretty smart in my opinion uh-huh. because and i know this from listening to harmontown his podcast dan sort of I, I hope i'm not mischaracterizing this but I, I i will use some uh 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 god what's the word exaggeration some hyperbole um uh-huh. dan sort of worships at the altar of joseph campbell oh he, you know, he 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 read "Hero with a Thousand Faces" and and he sort of uh, uh, synthesized it into uh, what he calls the story circle. And the story circle is his tool for writing, like every script that he writes mm-hmm. for television. Every character who has an arc in a story that he writes, he has to go through the eight stages of the circle. There are eight points in the circle. Oh, wow. So the circle, just to sum it up, um, and I thought I had this open on my computer, but I don't, but I will in a second. So I'm just saying words in order to fill the time well, while you know, the page opens. At, I think we're both really good at saying words. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. This isn't, the, yep. this isn't the same circle. This is something he made up. This isn't that other circle theory that people were applying to Star Wars, right? <laughs> You know no, no, I know. I do know what you're talking about because I am a big fan of Red Letter Media, and I have seen all of their videos about Star Wars. So <laughs> there might be some similarities, uh, and I will talk about Star Wars in the context of this story circle. But it's different from that theory. So okay. basically, the story circle goes like this, and I'm I'm reading from something that I will post in the show notes. And Dan wrote this: okay. one, a character is in a zone of comfort. Two, but they want something. Three, they enter an unfamiliar situation. Four, adapt to it. Five, get what they wanted. Six, pay a heavy price for it. Seven, (laughs) then return to their familiar situation. Eight, having changed. Ah. So, and then I think if I go on for maybe two pages, it is simplified even further than that into uh, just a single word for each of the eight steps in the process. Oh, wow. That's, Uh, how do you even get more simple than? It it goes like this. And again, I'm reading from Dan's words. You need go, search, find, take, return, change. Oh, okay. That's the story circle. Uh So in theory, you should be able to apply that to Every episode of Community, every episode of Rick and Morty, every episode of another show that he created called Great Minds with Dan Harmon, which might be more <laughs> of a stretch. And uh, you can see if you watch Harmon Crest, you know, they're just playing Dungeons and Dragons, but you can see him trying to create a story that will fit that model. Mm-hmm. Um And you can see it, you know, uh, if you subscribe to what Dan has written about this, you can see it in like all the great narratives. Yeah. So, uh, so, so it is, it's a theory for, you know, if, and I can understand why you would create something like this. If you want to write stories, if you want to tell stories and you're just banging your head against the wall, trying to do it and it's not coming out right. 
Yeah. Like you, you naturally, you want a formula. And so like, how do you create a formula for what goes into every story? Like, and, and if you watch Star Wars, like Star Wars, if you know anything about Joseph Campbell, which I know just a teeny little bit, we actually talked about yeah. Joseph Campbell in a previous episode when we were talking about Ruby Kaur and oh, uh, right. when we were, I brought up Suspiria and sort of the subversion of, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, Joseph Campbell, you know, the, the hero's journey. Yeah. You know, you can apply the hero's journey to something like Star Wars um, and if you didn't have that theoretical background and you wanted to come up with, you know, if you just looked at the famous, really popular, really enduring, resonant stories and you didn't have that theoretical background and you were just asked, like, what unify, what do all of these things have in common? And you look at, you know, everything from like King Arthur to Star Wars, you might say like swords, what they all have in common is swords, which you would be reasonable to think because it's weird that in Star Wars, where they have like laser pistols and spaceships, mm-hmm. like the greatest warriors in the galaxy still fight using a type of sword. But what laser fart does for me, by ending with that card that says based on hero with a thousand faces, hero of a thousand faces by Joseph Campbell. <laughs> it's saying like, okay, it doesn't have to be swords. It doesn't have to be, you know, tradition, you know, the, the subjects of romance and adventure. You can yeah. take the same principles and you can apply it to any stupid thing <laughs> that you want. It can be a right. guy farting lasers and it's still the hero's journey. Yes. And may, and, and I think maybe in Dan Harmon's mind, that is a kind of that is a kind of indication, you know, evidence of like, look at how useful this, you know, hero studying this hero's journey stuff is. But at the same time, and maybe he meant it this way, but you know, at the same time, you can read it as sort of an indictment. Um, yeah, <laughs> like you know, you know, if you think the hero's journey is so great, well, here's a hero's journey. It follows all the rules, and it's about a guy who can fart lasers. So yeah, because he had a bad. A weird burrito. Right, exactly. So you reminded me of that because it's a circle because it ends at the same point where it began. They return yes. to the place where they came from having changed. And yes. so, it, and and that's how what, tra- you know, traditional episodic television will probably make you think of. Like at the end of an episode, everything's fine again. Everything's yes. back to normal at the end of a typical episode of television, this doesn't include televisions that use uh, television shows that use you know serialized versions of storytelling. Uh-huh. Those are like the exceptions to the rule. The rule of television is everything's the same as it ever was at the end, and next week we just pick up and do something else, and everything will go back to normal at the end. So yes. you reminded me For of episodic, that right? Exactly, yeah. episodic. And Dan is very much like committed to writing some episodic television in that grand tradition Mm -hmm. so that every episode will you know stand on its own and be like a satisfying story unto itself and you don't have to tune in every single week to get all to to get a complete story Uh so so uh but 
one thing that I think is so special about Rick and Morty is that it is a little bit serialized in the sense that even though every episode has a self-contained story, they remember things that happened in past episodes and things that happen in some episodes will have ramifications in later episodes. Mm -hmm. So it rewards you for paying attention, which is something Mm -hmm. that I'm saying a lot and that I love in the media that I consume. So you you were going to bring up an example of that. Okay, so there is an episode where... Oh no! I shouldn't have said it. What's the <laughs> What's the instigating thing that happens? So, so in the so we're going to sort of talk about two episodes, and in the first okay. episode, at Morty's request, Rick creates a love potion, right, for Morty to use on a girl that he has a crush on. And long story short, that has consequences that end in basically everyone around them becoming a monster a total monster it's yeah, like total apocalypse right. you know gray skies mm-hmm. um and it escalates an ex- like first whoever takes the potion becomes sort of a praying mantis person and then rick tries to solve it and every time he tries to solve it it escalates and ex- escalates until it's basically an apocalyptic event and basically um that's when you think like well because oh, don't don't his parents die, too? No, but his sister lives. No, the his, the 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 whole family lives in that particular episode. Oh, okay, so then, you know, it's like we can't go back from this. Am I remembering this correctly? Mm-hmm. They're like we can't go back from this, and so they they don't. They go to a different universe in the multiverse, right? Because and yeah, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> we both said go ahead. <laughs> I was go- I was going to say because in this science fiction universe where there's all sorts of you know alien planets and other galaxies and 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 sci-fi technology and yep yeah, Earth is basically Earth and everybody lives basically the way that we do but you know there's all sorts of weird stuff going on. Um, what makes Rick special in that universe of weird stuff is that he is the uh, only uh, uh, being. Uh, that we know of who has mastered interdimensional travel. Yes. He can travel between different realities in addition to traveling, you know, to different galaxies and planets and whatnot. So they travel real quick to a reality where um, both him and both Rick and Morty uh, are doing a little experiment and just die randomly. Not only that, but it is a reality where everything is the same up to that point yes because this is you know the 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 world quote-unquote of the show is based on the sort of multiverse theory that there is an uh, infinite amount of realities so an iteration for every possibility exactly so the the reality that they jump to is one where everything happened the same including that apocalyptic event Except in this reality, two things happen differently. One is Rick does come up with the solution that solves the problem of the apocalyptic event, which we, the viewer, never see happen. Never see happen. And second, Rick and Morty themselves both go home 
and then die violently in a freak accident. In a freak, like, science experiment right. in the garage. And mm-hmm. so they get there right as they die, and they drag their bodies into a backyard and bury them. They and bury their own them. bodies. Yes. <laughs> and as they do this, this song called Look On Down From The Bridge by Mazzy <laughs> Star is playing. And that's – this is – an underrated aspect of the show. One thing I like about the show is that maybe two or three times per season, there's just a really good song in an episode <laughs> that I will cherish afterwards. And it's, and it's a really, really sad song. And, and, and that's how the episode ends. I think the song is still playing when the episode ends. It basically, yeah, I think so. it ends with, you know, Morty, you know, being stunned, silent, you know, that he's able to walk through his house surrounded by his family and everything is back to normal, but he just had to bury a body exactly like his because he's not in the same reality that he started out in. Oh, you know what? You know where it might actually end? What's that? I think it might end flashing back to the other well, reality for a moment true. and end is a tricky word to use with this show yes. because of course another thing about rick and morty is that there is always a little gag after the credits yeah so the, when i say that it ends i mean that's the, that's the way it ends when the credits start rolling but then after that the, the gag at the end is we get a look at the rest of the family beth jerry and summer uh, basically surviving in the uh, apocalyptic reality uh, that Rick, that our Rick and Morty left behind. Yeah, and this this is this is when this show sort of was like I just I just remember watching this and I just looked at Kenny and both of our mouths were like open because right. it's so it's so fucked up. Yes. They totally did this themselves. You know, it's incredibly narcissistic on both of their parts that this happened, both right. Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also aban- like abandon their family to go to this other universe. Yes. And and you think you sort of get to this other universe and you feel terrible, right? You feel terrible because they're burying their own bodies. Rick doesn't really give a shit, but Morty's mm-hmm. like, "Oh God, what have Morty's I done?" Morty's traumatized. Yeah. Yes, but there's also this, you know, you this moment, this return to comfort that you talked about with yes. the story circle, right? Except then they take it away again because then it cuts right back to mm. this what we left behind, and it's like, oh no, that's still there. Like yeah. that universe still exists, and right. those people are still having to live their lives there. So, when I first saw that episode, I think that I mainly how I felt about it was I really liked that song, <laughs> and I so will if you will, <laughs> and I I might have thought to myself, oh I. They might have gone too dark this time. I wonder if this uh-huh. show has gotten too dark. I don't... Hmm. And then the reason that I wanted to bring up this episode is because of the continuity right. that comes later. Yes. So I think it's two episodes later that we get uh, the famous interdimensional cable episode. Uh-huh. So I don't know if you've seen all of House of Cosby's. <laughs> But the, what, the, the, the fifth and what turned out to be, unfortunately, the final episode of House of Cosby's uh-huh. is about one of the very smart Cosby's installing a device in their television uh-huh. that will pick up on TV transmissions from around the universe. 
You know, I'm sure I've seen every episode of that, and I mm. absolutely don't remember that. Okay, so it's it's funny that I remembered that even before Rick and Morty came along because there's this episode in season one of Rick and Morty where Rick gets bored of watching the TV, so he <laughs> installs a sort of receiver that can receive TV transmissions from other realities. Yeah. And in House of Cosby's, what the episode was, was just watching a few clips from random TV channels from around the universe. And each one was created by a different person. Uh-huh. One was a Justin Roiland. One was a Dan Harmon. One was a Rob Schraub, etc. What it is in Rick and Morty is when they watch Interdimensional Cable, they just put Justin Roiland and, to a lesser extent, Dan Harmon into a recording booth, uh-huh. and they just make up whatever. <laughs> they haven't written anything. They just spout off, and they, I, they probably do it for hours and hours, and then they just take the best bits, and then they animate the best Animated bits. Animated them. Wow. And it's just Shit, like man. flipping through television. And it's, and it's a joy to watch because it's extremely funny because it is blatantly so obvious what slapdash improv it is that they're doing yeah. because there are points where you will just hear Justin break character and start laughing at himself. <laughs> And that's in the cartoon. Like, it's one thing to listen to a podcast and hear someone break character. But it's another thing to be like, oh, they kept this in and animated this and put it (laughs) in the cartoon. So that really tickles me. It's really funny. But the reason I bring up the interdimensional cable episode and they did a sequel and and, and I don't bring it up just because I think that's so funny. But because they bothered to, in this episode where... Basically, the premise of the ep- the premise of the episode is we, we don't give a fuck. We didn't write anything. The, uh-huh. In addition to that, they bothered to write a B plot <laughs> that actually does follow the story circle. And Rick and while Rick and Morty are just watching crap on TV, the real subject of the of the story circle B plot is is the sister Summer. Uh-huh. Because uh, while Rick and Morty just want to watch whatever at random, uh, Summer and Beth and Jerry are only concerned with what is happening to them in other realities. Oh, right. And right. what Summer observes is that there are realities where she doesn't exist uh-huh. and her parents are having a great time. <laughs> and in all realities where she does exist they just have their boring lives. Uh-huh. So Summer is very upset because she feels like uh her you know her 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 uh you know the, their her parents getting pregnant with her was an accident and she ruined their right, lives. Right, cuz she, she was her mom was young, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And and they're in sort of a loveless marriage because they had to get married because she got pregnant. Because that's, I mean, that's absolutely how that has to work now. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it's the way it happens to them. So um, that's the sort of backstory that's running through a lot of episodes that have anything to do with them. So, uh, so, so Summer is going through this arc of, of uh, getting more and more upset about this. So upset that she, you know, starts to um, pack her things to like leave. 
And then uh, Morty breaks away from the television long enough to confront her. And that's when he says, hey, like, do you see that fresh dirt in the backyard? Like, that's where Rick and I buried our alternate selves because I'm not the same Morty that you grew up with. Right. We came from another reality. And this is basically to reassure her. He's basically like he says to her, I I don't remember exactly what he says, but he basically says to her, like, you know, nobody is anywhere for a reason. Like nobody's born on purpose. Yeah. Um, You know, we all just, you know, have to make it up. and, And so, you know, come watch TV. And I also think he says to her something like, Oh, you know, I had to bury my own body. Oh, and it was really hard. Parties. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't believe we've really gone difficult. this far without doing the voices. Yeah. I can only, I can clearly only yeah. do Morty. Yeah. And if I wanted to do Rick, uh, I might try to do this. Uh, oh, actually, and, that's pretty good. Uh, so, hey, hey, Morty. Uh, Rick, a bit Rick's, like ju- Rick's just like, oh, I'm, oh, come on, Morty. Oh, I, or come on, Rick. I, oh, can't, geez, I Rick. can't deal with this right now. Have you seen the movie Eighth Grade? No, I want to, though. Okay, so, uh, spoiler alert, um, not really a spoiler, but kind of, this is kind of the way that the movie Eighth Grade ends. (laughs) (laughs) It ends with her going over to this boy's house um, for, like, not really a date, but, like, a play date, but, you know, Uh they're too old for that, but anyway, to hang out. And the, 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 the new friend is this kid she didn't want to hang out with because he's this like super nerd who like seems like autistic or something um in that you know maybe he has asperger's kind of a way and and he he has uh uh mcnuggets for her and he has a bunch of sauces laid out and then he's like oh sorry i don't have any szechuan sauce and then and and she gets it because she likes the show and it ju- and it's just them doing the voices. They just sit there and they oh like make God. each other laugh like by doing the Rick and Morty voices. That's so funny. And this, I um this I movie mean, I came out know, in twenty eighteen and 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 it was like it, it's it's just bizarre. It's bizarre to be seeing a movie that is referencing something so contemporary. You recent, know? yeah. I love a good teen drama. So oh, you're uh, you're gonna love Eighth Grade. Yeah. Um, everybody went fucking ape shit for that movie. <laughs> uh, and, it, and rightfully so. It's good. And that's a good segue into our eighth grade podcast. Oh, yes. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Next week. Um, but anyway, okay, so that that's all to say that that moment from the interdimensional cable episode where I was like, oh, that, that was a revelatory moment for me. We're like, oh, they are actually going to remember what happened in the past episodes. It's going to matter in a way that there's a continuity. They're not telling a serialized story, but if you really pay attention, maybe they are kind of telling a serialized yeah. story. And that is the kind of shit that I eat up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. So that was the moment that Get really me some solidified. Easter eggs, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easter eggs and and callbacks and and references yeah. and all that good stuff. So it's one of the reasons why Arrested Development is one of my all time favorite shows. It's just. Oh, I know. Me it, too. They just lay a foundation and then callback, 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 callback. Just completely callbacks dense with jokes. So uh, and then by the way, I I this might not happen until episodes that you haven't seen, but. The, the show actually does go back to 
the reality that they left behind in, Whoa, in a later episode. I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think it might be in the Szechuan sauce episode because I think um, in the aftermath of Rick turning himself in, Morty is very upset with Rick, but Summer misses him. Uh-huh. And so Summer's trying to get him back, but Morty is trying to prove to Summer that they shouldn't want him back. And so I yeah. think uh, maybe, I, yeah, uh, I'm giving too much away, but who cares? You'll enjoy it anyway when you see it, <laughs> even if maybe you'll forget. Um, Morty, Morty actually digs up the old Rick to get his portal gun. Oh, wow. And then uses it to bring Summer to the love potion monster dimension Wow! and say like this is you know what rick leaves in his wake when he goes on all of his adventures yeah like literally destroying an entire dimension right yeah yeah basically or at least the planet so will what are we supposed to take away from this uh well i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um you know judge me however you please um this is just me bearing my soul uh you know, knowing... I love how you bearing your soul is talking about Rick and Morty and me bearing my soul is talking about my literal vagina. Yeah, I mean, I haven't lived a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Will, I love you so much. That's like, That sounded so mean. I didn't no, mean no, that. <laughs> no, that's totally fair and fine, and I accept it, and I don't... Uh, I'm, I'm not hurt. Um, yeah, basically, what I was, okay, so if you take anything from this, uh, you know, maybe you think that Rick and Morty is a show for bros... And if you do, I would just say, give it a chance. Um, But I would also say, I understand it's not for everyone. Um, It's really dark. It can be really gross. Uh, It's incredibly stupid. But I think it's also simultaneously kind of smart. And that's (laughs) some of my favorite stuff is the stuff that uh, makes a lot of stupid jokes, but uh, also clearly has some intelligence driving it so yeah uh, and i would say as someone mm-hmm. who's not will yes. that um i i really like dark stuff so if you don't mm-hmm. like dark stuff i can't help you here but um yeah i think that it's doing a lot of interesting things um and maybe maybe this is a show you need to watch in a bubble mm. and then just be critical of it by listening to a podcast by yeah. two people called the smug buds <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so mission accomplished. Pat yourself on the back and uh, listen to the next episode when it comes out or right now if it already has. Yeah, I don't know. Are you catching up? Are you listening live? Are you binge listening? Are you binge listening? Are you my husband, Kenny, and only hearing (laughs) half of this conversation because he's in the living room? (laughs) He glared at me a little Uh, bit. (laughs) Engineer Kenny. Uh. All right, Liz, thanks for indulging me. Thanks for listening. Thanks You're for welcome. making it a better conversation with your participation. And uh, I'll see you next week on, on The Smug, Smug Buds. Buds. Bye, Will. Love Bye, you. Bye, Liz. Love you, too. <laughs> Will is on Twitter and Letterboxd at Youngest of One, and his website is WilliamHoffacker.com. You can find Liz at Exclamate on Instagram at exclamate underscore on Twitter or on her website, elizabethdeannamorrislakes.com. Our website is smugbuds.com and the podcast is at smugbuds on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs>